I'm Julia Prescott, and everything's coming up Simpsons. This episode is brought to you by the Little Bastards General Mischief Kit. Um, proud purveyors of other Little Bastards merch, including Little Bastard Traveling Kit, Little Bastard Clock Tampering Kit, and of course, Little Bastard Brainwashing Kit. We are also brought to you by Blistonia. There's no beer there, but plenty of bliss. <laughs> we are also brought to you by the book Science for Leader Lovers, an arithmetic the leader's way. I almost forgot how to say arithmetic we are of course talking about the episode the joy of sect this is the 13th episode of the ninth season of the simpsons it originally aired on february 8th 1998 it was written by steve o'donnell it was directed by stephen dean moore huh two steves and the showrunner at the time these this is the banter you get on this simpsons program the showrunner at the time was david merkin aye, 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 aye. you are of course noticing um that uh this is one half of your normal Simpsons program. That is right. Only your mommy or your daddy is here. I'm not <laughs> sure which one I am. That made our sound engineer, Jesus, bust up. Um, I mentioned to our guest, off mic, we're going to find out who the daddy is today. I'm guessing the daddy is the one that steers the ship or maybe the mommy. I don't know. I just like saying mommy and daddy over and over. Allie is sick today. We are remiss in in missing uh, Allie today, but that's okay because we have a fantastic guest that I'm just going to introduce so we can jump in and talk about this episode because I got a lot of things to say about this episode. Um, Our guest today is, I mean, first and foremost, just a lovely human being, a good friend of mine that I love so much. But not, not only that, she is incredibly talented. I would say... One of the strongest stand-ups in L.A. right now. And that's a, that's a big town, my friends. She's toured all over. She headlined the Mac Comedy Festival in Wales. And she's going to be headlining the Yukon Comedy Festival in, I believe, 2019. Yeah, because we've run out of 2018 <laughs> time. Um, please, listeners, put your hands together unless you're driving. For Lisa Curry. What's up? <laughs> Welcome to me. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> now you're the co-host. <laughs> now I'm the co-host. Turn Goodbye, the Allie. Oh, no. Forever. I'm kidding. She's listening to this. Even though we're not live, she's listening and crying right now. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank Thanks you for, for all those kind home. words. Now I'm well, going to cry, facts. so we're going to have to cut to break. Okay. Oh, great. <laughs> Three minutes in. We're already at a break. So I guess I am, you know, I'm going to say I'm the daddy. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one that's just like, what? Can't we just pull this car over and have in and out? We're on a road yes. trip. That's, Let's ditch that's, school. That's yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that I am. I'm that in some ways. Um, so you are a Simpsons fan, true or false? Yes, but I feel like I have to qualify that. Okay, because I didn't. I I think we had this conversation before. I didn't grow up watching Simpsons That's perfectly uh, because my, my mom said it was bad, which is uh which is the case with a lot of people, but I think that it's extra hilarious in my family because my parents owned a biker bar yeah. that I hung out at when I was a kid yeah. and uh, we also watched a lot of other inappropriate comedy, like really inappropriate live action comedy and I'm like Really, for you to pick The Simpsons when I hang out at a biker bar, right. 
Listen, as a child, it doesn't make any sense. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, <laughs> so who's to say it was it was the wild and out nineties? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like um, you know we of course do talk to a uh-huh. lot of people that have had a very similar like Simpsons are no good kind of upbringing. I'm going to chalk it to just like you know tribalism, like moving with your tribe, and yeah, I wonder know. why that was i mean i don't know culturally what happened that sweep the nation where everyone's I think a lot like, of angry bad. pta yeah. meetings um so a lot of local news coverage uh about you know women aren't burning their bras anymore they're burning uh i caramba t-shirts starring <laughs> bart um, because we all need a hobby right <laughs> and i i feel like culturally that was the move that it was, you know, sort of what we saw with Harry Potter and people thinking that it was Satanist when that came out. God, and I was, wish. Are you kidding me? I would watch all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Magic is real, maybe. I don't yes. know. So maybe we just pivot the uh, podcast to be about Harry Potter. <laughs> but I think a similar thing happened. Um, and I'm, I'm not to speak for your parents. Maybe it was like seeing a lot of other people agree that the Simpsons was bad didn't necessarily place a spotlight on how a biker bar could be bad. <laughs> right. um, I also, I was uh, not forbidden to watch The Simpsons, of course, growing up. Um, South Park was a little fuzzy area okay, um, because they were a little bit edgier. Um, but I do remember like reaching a point, uh, maybe high school age, looking back and realizing that my dad let us watch like Beetlejuice, then it has like a ton of f words in it and other things yeah, like it's that. Very like, sexual. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah. Beetlejuice is super horny. Yes, he's <laughs> like probably the horniest character in fiction. Yeah, or like in a kid, like something that's geared to kids. Like, get over here. <laughs> you're, you're completely <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, and I think that Michael Keaton was also playing a lot of dads around that time, so it was very confusing. And super horny dads, just like stopping just shy, being like, let me touch my, my dick to you. Like, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. My my dead dick to your hoo-hahs. Um, yeah, it, I think that it like really, it was nightmare fuel and weird sexual fuel yeah but it was like a subconscious so thing yeah but also uh-huh. so great um yeah. <laughs> we all love beetlejuice yeah we um, were all yeah. super horny for michael keaton when we were kids right <laughs> i'm not gonna comment Anyone? on that <laughs> <laughs> only because young simba has my heart in that category oh mm-hmm. yeah yeah so you didn't watch simpsons growing up but right. then you of course came uh to it as an adult yeah my ex is a huge simpsons fan so i watched a lot of simpsons with him i would say i love the simpsons but i just don't watch a lot of tv because i just feel like i don't have time i feel like that's right. a, like a huge reward for working hard and i feel like i'm never working hard enough is this therapy now <laughs> it's going it, i mean it very well could be i feel like podcasts are really just a hair away from therapy yeah. truly um so yeah i do love the simpsons but i i didn't i don't know i just kind of watch recreationally so i didn't have like a favorite episode mm-hmm uh, ready to go, but I do love cults, which is why I picked this episode. Yeah, I mean, I feel like cults are having a moment right now culturally oh, yeah. too. There's a lot. Uh, I mean, just in the Netflix documentary category alone, mm-hmm. there's a lot that I want to discuss and sort of the parallels of um, the movementarians in this episode, and oh, you know, so the wild, wild country, um, Rashnish uh, cult. Yeah. Did you watch Wild uh, Wild Country? I watched. Some of it. I couldn't get through it because it, it was Ugh. it got confusing. Yeah. I wasn't really sure what was going on at some point. I, 
can I share with you how I watched it was my husband and I were on our one year anniversary trip in (laughs) Gay (laughs) Perry and how we unwound at the end of every romantic day. We uh, embraced, drank a bottle of wine together and watched a documentary about cults. Yeah, uh, we watched all of Wild perfect. Wild Country. You guys it was, have a perfect relationship. It really is. I say it in a mocking voice, but it was the most fun of my life. <laughs> God, <laughs> but, that's so good. But yeah, I mean, that's like how... But I, I also feel like a lot of people, given, you know, that there are so many uh, documentaries about cults and like, you know, true crime podcasts and other cult podcasts, um, that it's having a moment in a way that I feel is like really hitting into... I'm not sure if it's like a morbid curiosity or... Um, sort of like what they want personally from them for themselves, right? Yeah, you know, mentioning the tribalism of anti-Simpson stuff earlier. There is comfort in being a part of a tribe, so maybe a lot of social anxieties that are happening right yeah. now are kind of being channeled toward. I would like to be clothed and told what to eat. Yeah, and live I think in a commune. that's most most people. I yeah. think it's very. I mean, like. <laughs> You know, every, I feel like everyone we know in L.A., it, the entertainment industry is its own cult. But people who yeah. are out here mostly have, like, come out to do something different than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Where, like, all of my friends who've stayed at home are, like, you know, they're all watching the same terrible sitcom. Right. And they're all, but you can they, say but CBS. It's so Fucking swish! What if I just suddenly had like a morning zoo crew soundboard? Like, mm, boom, boom. Can I do that? <laughs> this is, we, it's all hanging just out. Just like, now. and that's the same yeah. thing. This, those, those same people listen to that in the morning. Are like, this is so entertaining Ooh, and fun. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is the height of comedy for you guys. Exactly. Yikes. There's, and but you know what? There's a place for it. There is a place yeah. for it. There's a place for CBS and all that stuff. Um, but but you were saying, yeah, like yeah. the people that are middle of America will just say are they find comfort in those sort of tribes. Yeah. And maybe it maybe it's a cult <laughs> or how do you define the lines of a cult? I don't know. I think if uh, if I had to come up with a description on the fly, I would say when you follow to your own detriment. So, well, no, because that's all religions. Whoops. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of rough. Like once somebody's willing to die for some cult leader or it, that that's where it gets weird. I mean, I'm reading this book about Jonestown right now um, that Rick Wood gave me because we're mm-hmm. both like super into cults. Of course, yeah, yeah. you know, Jonestown um, is that's a whew, this book a is so good. It's called the, the Road to the Jonestown. And, oh, I've oh. heard of it. I've heard it's great. It's so good because the and I will say the first half of the book, I'm like. This guy's doing nothing wrong. He's right, great. Right. I love him because he like Jim Jones did a lot of really great things for people at first, and then right. he started getting fucked up all the time. And He's like, very then strategic yeah. and political with his. I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing from day one. Oh yeah, I mean, and I yeah. think that the wheels kind of came off once he started using drugs, and then uh, you know fucking everyone that was weird uh and then that and then that like just complicated things and made things a big mess and whatever but but in the beginning when he was like fighting for racial integration and fighting for the poor i'm like oh this guy's the shit right right but i see also how you can i think you i don't mean 
this to sound mean to people, but I th- I think you have to really be paying attention and be a little smarter than everyone mm. to not get trapped in a cult because right. I, it could be easy to get wrapped up in that because it doesn't start it doesn't start with the really insidious stuff. Mm-hmm. Of course, it, it yeah. starts with the the really low key like. It, it, they show you all their good stuff first, you know. I feel like I'm not articulating this well. No, but, no, you know. no. I mean, no. It. I agree completely, and I think that you know, I'm as far as like intelligence goes, you would think in a lot of cases that the mm-hmm. most intelligent people would be the ones to kind of sniff it out, but you know, they highlight this in Wild Wild Country and a lot of other cult documentaries. I feel where you know there is this sort of. Um, sensation of like well i'm a very intelligent educated person and i don't think this is a cult and i'm in it so then it can't be a cult like that kind of logic path Mm -hmm. gets followed and i think that a lot of people are kind of still trapped in well everybody wants a quick fix in their life everybody wants you know like to lose weight to you know do Mm -hmm. this to be very rich and all that stuff so anybody that's going to sort of hit on those like pain points for them i'm not going to get super political with this but i we are seeing it happen in this administration Uh, but everybody wants it to be pizza day on friday and you know new vending machines in the cafeteria like those kind of promises that people give in like you know uh school presidential elections and stuff like that i think everybody wants that sort of quick fix simple solution and you know the appeal of cults being that you don't have to think anymore i think is more appealing to people than we realize like they and especially now i think in the digital age um i don't know if you saw sorry to bother you but there was There was a great, uh, I would say, a subplot. Um, maybe maybe it's part of the main plot, but it, it was kind of like happening in the background and then culminated at the end of um, there being a company that like a lot of the main characters work for that is essentially like slave labor, but it's like glossed up and, you know, presented in a way where like oh, the yeah. marketing is such like, you know, we're going to take care of all of your housing. We're going to take care of all of your food. All you have to do, you're going to always be employed. You're going to always be employed and you're going to have money, you know, even though you, like it's right, yeah. looking like you can't spend it you can um you don't have to worry about another decision for like the next thousand years or whatever and um and that was sort of like part of that movie like people were turning to it in a way like thank god i don't want to worry anymore because this life is so hard and i feel like um you know other places like scientology with their million year contract they kind of tap onto that too so i get why cults you know are so appealing to people i feel like the difference between organized religion and an actual cult is the loss of your personhood. Yes, I think that that's such a great moment, way to put it. Yeah, the moment mm-hmm. that you surrender that and go, I am not myself, I am this group, then you become vulnerable to whatever the leader of that group right. destines for you. Um, that's when you're like, ooh, no, thank you. Because even, <laughs> even like regular church, you know, that may feel the case where you're kind of like trapped in like the wave of it, but you're still like ant. Marion at the end of the day and you go home and you yeah, know, or you, you might take go home off your and hat. You, you feel that you're allowed to disagree with part yeah. of it mm-hmm. where I think in a cult it's it's kind of all or nothing like any yeah. disagreement can't be a disagreement you're a defector and you need to be removed or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's not yeah, there was fully in. I think that also a new trend in cults, given probably to like the mass um, spotlight of it in in pop culture, um, is like 
cult leaders sort of calling out the tropes of cult. Because <laughs> it is funny how they all kind of follow similar patterns yeah. where it's like, Everybody gets together. We all go to a farm. I'm going to have sex with all of you. Like, there's <laughs> maybe always there's so poison. much sex. There's a lot of guns <laughs> in one room. Don't look. Shh. Yeah. You know, a lot of kids running around. Some of them are chosen. Some are not. You know, they all kind of follow. And I'm and I say this in a voice. I, I don't mean to disrespect anybody that has, you know, experienced that personally or has had family members or loved ones experience that. Um, but, you know, that's sort of what we see in pop culture um, happening over and over. And I feel like the way that modern cults can combat that is um, I don't know if you saw the documentary Holy Hell. It was incredible. I highly recommend it. I think it's on Netflix. Um, but it is comprised of footage that like it was made by one of the people in the cult because he was the videographer of the cult, mm-hmm. um, which is like, I think the first step when you start a cult, like don't have a videographer. Yeah, like, they're going to make an award winning documentary about this shit. <laughs> um, but he like got such great footage of like basically every moment of being a part of that cult. It started in West Hollywood and then it moved because they always eventually move. Um, but there was footage of like the cult leader guy who's like super done up. Like you could tell he's had plastic surgery and is just like very, you know, like um, narcissistic and, and just, you know, like, always wanting to look the best and whatever um but he's calling out he's like uh, this isn't a cult people are saying it's a cult but it's not like i'm not trying to control you everybody can uh-huh. leave and he was just like making fun of all the tropes and i watched that thinking like oh my god that's brilliant that's, <laughs> that's so how you funny. get him that is like such deep manipulation yeah it's crazy but yeah, yeah. But I love that stuff. Enough about regular ass cults. Yeah. Let's talk about the movementarians. The yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like this episode is a fan favorite with a lot of people, specifically for na 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 leader. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> um, so when you came to liking The Simpsons, uh-huh. um, you know, what was, of course, you probably had grown up with people saying, like, The Simpsons is so good. Um, you got to watch it, Lisa. What the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Uh, like, what was your attitude before watching it? And then what was it after? Was it like confirmed? Yes, it is good. Or Oh, yeah, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. Because it's like it's it's not just the jokes. The jokes are great. But then also just like the subtle little things that mm-hmm. it's not there's so many little like eggs in there for everyone to see. You right. Know, or, right. Yeah. Little Easter eggs. Little, like the, little in this details. episode, there was the like when the um towards the beginning when there's that whole the whole thing where it starts at the airport and then they show all the people running up to the plane. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was like, oh, that's totally Jonestown. So mm-hmm. that but it was separate of the. Yeah. It wasn't written into the part where Homer's in the cult or like mm-hmm. when they all get sucked into the cult. Am yeah, I making yeah, yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like separate of that, but it's still it's hinting towards cults mm-hmm, because it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like as far as, you know, like storytelling goes, like yeah. all of the narrative devices that they sprinkle in, they don't ever feel too forced. You yeah, know, when you're watching an episode of Simpsons and like really studying, and I think that that's the magic trick that they right. really pull off, especially it's, around yeah, these seasons. It's not seasons. like heavy-handed, like no, or like direct. It's more subtle. And- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, before we dive into the deep, deep discussion of this episode, let's take a quick break. If you're looking for a new comedy podcast, why not try the Beef and Dairy Network? It won Best Comedy at the British Podcast Awards in 2017 and 2018. Also, I'm... 
There were no horses in this country until the, the mid to late 60s. Specialist bovine arse vet. Both of his eyes are squid's eyes. Yogurt buffet. She was married to a bacon farmer who saved her life. Farm-raised snow leopard. <laughs> Download it today. That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast from MaximumFun.org. Also, maybe start at episode one, or weirdly, episode 36, which for some reason requires no knowledge of the rest of the show. And we're back! Hey! Hey, how was your break? Uh, I joined a cult. Um, oh, cool. So that's a new like a new one. Development, like a yeah. Downstairs. Landmark I wanted, Forum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you do the Tony Robbins stuff at all? No. Do you no. consider that a cult? Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I feel like it's so transparent. And yeah. it's just... He just seems nuts. Like, you know, it's kind of like the same... You know the rule when somebody's like, oh, my God, I fucking hate drama. Like, I just can't stand. I'm such a no drama person because that's how they always talk. Yeah. You're like, oh, this person is bringing drama to my life. That's what's going (laughs) to happen. Yeah. And it's like the the people who, like, are so big about telling you, like, their thoughts their thing i am not articulating no, no, no. This i know well, i know what you're talking about well, but yeah i mean it it is always felt very like sales pitch yeah and then yeah. when tony robbins goes out and he's like yeah it's a, it's all about this good vibes or whatever the hell he says i've seen a couple of his things but they're so they're so <laughs> tony nuts. and his classic good vibes talks <laughs> good vibes man <laughs> he's such a bro yeah but pe- people i guess that don't seem to have any depth like they or they present that they have that they're just like one note and it's mm, all positivity mm, mm, all mm. the time i'm like you are murdering people in your basement right 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 <laughs> i have never watched or listened or been exposed beyond i'm gonna sound like i only watch documentaries i watch fair deal there was a tony (laughs) robbins documentary called i am not your god so maybe kind of following the pattern uh, of the other cult leader from holy hell gaslighting so yeah sort of yeah exactly gaslighting calling it out um so that you go well he said he wasn't my god so he can't be my god um but i feel like you can't have an empire in the way that he has an empire and have so many people just like fork over all of their savings to attend his seminars without some fishy stuff happening. Right. I guess. Yeah. Um, and I was also going to say kind of to take a sharp right turn to an, uh, our, another beat about our cult discussion. Uh, I don't know if you watched um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt season one. That's a. Uh, I watched a, a cult a, wait, show. A bit of it, yeah. A cult show about cults. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a really great plot line that I very much enjoyed. Uh, I think toward the end of that season, where um, one of the characters, uh, the rich woman, I forget her name in the moment, um, but she's a big like spin studio person. Mm-hmm. And there's one episode where they kind of blow like the spin world out as being a cult. Um, and I very much enjoyed that as somebody who's attended, uh, you know, more than one spin class in my day. Yeah. It is, it can be. And it's, oh, I mean, it's, yeah, that's also Los Angeles too. You can find all of these sort of, there's I'll, these I'll call them sub cults. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Baby cults. I think that there is, I think people can also like be vulnerable to uh so just in case you find this in yourself watch out uh they <laughs> they can be more vulnerable to like getting sucked up in that if if there is a piece of that cult or that subcult that does actually change your life in a tangible way you that's know, what like, i was gonna say like to sort of you know we're we're riffing and raffing mm-hmm. here about this but like more seriously 
for me and something that, you know, we've repeated a lot with our discussion about The Simpsons is that The Simpsons has always had a very diplomatic stance on whatever brings you joy and doesn't hurt other people like fucking shine on you crazy diamond. Right. Like that's sort of been their M.O. in, in my perception and Allie's too since day one. So if you get enjoyment out of going to Soul Cycle, and even though it feels very culty and you kind of get swept up in um, you know that world, but if you get enjoyment out of it, like shine on you crazy diamond, yeah. like <laughs> if you like going to Tony Robbins sem- seminars, but you are not leaving your personhood behind, yes, then you know I think that you're still doing pretty much all right. But maybe like uh, keep an eye open to you know what yeah. damage that could be. Yeah, if every conversation you have is, uh, you got to get involved in it. You right. really got to do CrossFit. Yes. We got to do CrossFit yes. together. I take everyone to CrossFit or on the first multi-level date. Like, marketing you, stuff. Oh, my God. That's Can having a moment, you, I was too. In a, well, I guess it wasn't a... It wasn't really a cult. It was kind. It was more of like a pyramid scheme. Uh huh. Yeah. When I first, first, first moved to LA, I worked for. I applied for a job that uh, advertised as uh, like be a part of this advertising agency and like it's yeah. grassroots marketing and what. And I was like, okay, cool. That seems like something I could do. I'm fucking not doing anything else. I'm broke. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and then I got. Uh, Involved in it, what it was. <laughs> you ready for this? It was so good. Uh, I was selling coupons door to door in bad neighborhoods. Yeah. Uh, to like such bad neighborhoods to the point where like the cops multiple times stopped me and they were because you'd have to like walk around by yourself in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. like till like 10 o'clock yeah. at night selling fucking coupons door to door. And I was stopped by the cops multiple times and they're like, you need to get the fuck out of this neighborhood or you're going to get killed. And I'm right. like, oh, okay. Well, I get like four dollars for every one of these I sell, so I re- I gotta keep going. <laughs> like it was yeah. so, and then um, I actually got a- it was like this weird thing where they were like, you like go in the morning and everybody like stands in a circle and you clap together like in mm-hmm. in sync and then you like pump each other up and yeah. like you get people on your team and then they get people on their team and I'm like oh, but like I was there for probably a month or two because I just couldn't. Like day one, you make cash. And I'm right. like, fuck, I am so broke. So I just kept, I was like, I need cash that's, tomorrow. But that's I need the cash cherry the next day. before yeah. the letdown. Yeah. And can I tell you, I went to, I got out of it because I went on my lunch break one day. There was a, I was driving past a Starbucks and there was a, um, a hiring fair. And I literally went in and I filled out an application and the manager, God bless her. I will never forget her for this. Uh, this girl, Jen was managing and she sat down and she's like, all right, um, I'm Jen, you know, like starts the interview. And I was like, please help me. I was like, I'm stuck in a pyramid scheme. I can't get out. I'm on my lunch break. And she's like, okay, okay. All right. I got you. Uh, <laughs> oh, you seem cool. <laughs> my <laughs> God. like, Wow. <laughs> Having a breakdown and she hired me on the spot. She's like, we have to get you out of this. <laughs> Thank so you insane. for sharing that story. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> I'm Forever gonna, and ever. I'm going to do a hard pivot. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Speaking of trying to get out of pyramid schemes and cults. Let's do a segment that we always do. <laughs> I don't know if it's technically a segment. Um, <laughs> I read the synopsis of this episode for people that haven't watched it in a while from Wikipedia. Ice cold. Yes. So don't know if it's going to be good. Don't know if it's going to be bad. But let's see. In the episode, a cult takes over Springfield and the Simpsons family become members. Anything to add? <laughs> 
<laughs> Sometimes no, they're like full paragraphs. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, that was so it. So I guess we're done. Um. Yeah, they're in. And then uh, Marge is the one that gets them out of yeah. it. Yeah, which I think is but the, she, like, the correct the kids choice. Out of it. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to the hover bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say uh, just a quick uh, couple shout outs for early, early details that I caught in this episode in my rewatch. Um, Bart's uh, chalkboard gag is shooting paintball is not an art. Uh, enjoyed that. Some of these are not heavy hitters in, in like, uh, they make you laugh real hard, but they make you think. <laughs> um, and then I really enjoyed, uh, the couch gag was that they're all tiny. And then Santa's yes, little helper I accidentally, uh, or not accidentally, but tries to eat Homer. Um, so that's super fun. Um, as you mentioned, we start this episode at the Springfield International Airport. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, you know, we talk a lot about how the, you know, format of every Simpsons episode seems to be that we start somewhere that we wouldn't anticipate what the bulk of the episode is going to be. We sort of take a really, really sharp right turn without breaking, you know, the story. Um, And I feel like that is true of this episode. But I also feel like it is very organic in the way that we are introduced to the cult leaders. Because as you mentioned, there's like Jonestown people in the airport. And, you know, maybe this was true more for like pre 9-11 airport stories of just like people being there. It was really hilarious to just watch the opening when the the plane starts flying. And it's like the first couple of frames. And then the plane like flips over and like goes crazy. And it's but it's just like a throwaway. Right. Yeah. But now piece of animation. Now that wouldn't be as funny. Now it wouldn't Um, be as funny. Now it would be hilarious. But I I wonder. (laughs) Now it'd be hilarious. Instead of just funny. (laughs) I wonder, though, because, you know, in order to just get into the airport um, and I I don't know if you have been exposed to there have been a couple comedian friends of ours who have done bits i believe moses storm tried to host his like 30th birthday at a lax restaurant (laughs) and he was like everybody just buy a refundable ticket and meet me here at this chili's and i don't think anybody showed up um I know Nicole Byer recently. They have like three Guy Fieri oh restaurants gosh, at the that. Burbank Airport. Yeah, and she bought an, <laughs> a refundable ticket. Um, brilliant move. Uh, as somebody who's been to the Burbank Airport recently, I can attest. Um, once you see the third Guy Fieri restaurant, you're just like, <laughs> what is happening here? I want to be a part of this action. Um, but I, uh, you would need an actual ticket. There's a lot of security. So I don't think that you would see these cult people we get um well the cult people technically are only the movementarians we also get appearance from the krishnas let's roll the clip have you heard of krishna consciousness this part is a crazy man do unto others as you would have them do unto you right that'll work a new and better life awaits you on our distant home planet plistonia hmm makes sense we're having a free get acquainted session at a resort this weekend how much is this free resort weekend it's free and when is this weekend? It's this weekend. Uh-huh. And how much does it cost? Um, it's free. I see. And when is it? It's this weekend. And what are you charging for this free weekend? Come on, Dad. The team's arriving. It's free, right? I love it. I love that back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, like, it's, who's on first? It's so... Uh, I feel like it's such a a, a succinct explanation of people's belief in Scientology maybe I'm digging a little too much but where people Mm. are like people who've latched on to Scientology bless you Um, but there so many people will like just shit on Christian I'm not religious at all but they'll like shit on Christianity or whatever or other or Buddhism or whatever and then 
somehow get sucked into Scientology when right out of the gate they're like, yeah, there's this Xenu dude in the, like what? <laughs> I know, if I know. You, and if you read anything about what's his name, um, L. Ron Hubbard, yeah. like all the way through he's like this is a i'm doing a bit i know know. (laughs) yeah the fact that scientology is all just like one really long bit (laughs) i mean it's probably going to win some kind of bit awards but (laughs) there's a lot of people that have suffered it's like the show jackass but but you know a hundredfold it's just one but just as many nuts being stapled (laughs) because we don't know what goes on in those you know upper uh chambers that they keep people in we don't know what goes on when they're uh what do they call them sea org yeah yeah i think that um you know they are definitely riffing on scientology i think with the spaceship-esque element of the movementarians and the blistonia yeah um and maybe a little bit of Mormonism, too, because yeah, they're told like that they that. all get a planet when they die, uh, which sounds lovely, but sounds lonely. nice, I guess. <laughs> it sounds like a future Simon Rich show, if I'm being, if I'm being real. <laughs> um, some man-seeking woman kind of bullshit. Um, Simon Rich, a uh, previous podcast guest on <laughs> this year podcast. We love him. I uh, I love that, and I didn't catch the name of the football team, so I suppose that is important. Um, but uh, the whole reason why Homer and Bart are at the airport in the first place is to greet a right. football team that has recently lost. And everybody there in Springfield, we kind of widen out to show Mo and a bunch of other people. They're there to not uh, cheer them on, but throw to stones like, at them, them, basically. Which is so funny. Yeah, which is a very <laughs> Simpsons-y thing. Uh, there's like one of the football player says there's a big crowd here to greet us even though we lost and then of course we widen out um and then after that we go back to the simpsons house where they're eating dinner and uh, marge is looking through the movementarian brochure Mm -hmm. that homer receives and uh you know, Homer says uh, Marge is sort of airing like her suspicions about what this could be. And Homer uh, claims that he's going to be the one taking advantage of them and, you know, points to a couple other examples like, yeah. you know, um, remember when uh, that uh, timeshare company like they yeah. tried to get us. <laughs> She's like, you, you bought, bought four, four of them. <laughs> you know, when like the um, the check wouldn't clear. That yeah. was, you know, that's how like, I got yeah. it. <laughs> Um, our mutual friend Brandy Posey is famous for taking advantage oh, of timeshare so presentations. She is a pro. She's my inspiration, truly. Yeah, Quick shout I, out to Brandy Posey and the Lady so Lady podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I think that in order to uh, really play the game in that way, you you can't be a Homer. You got to be a Lisa, maybe, yeah. in that situation and, and a Brandy and just like... You know, sit there, go through the presentation, go, yeah, I'm not going to buy, but I want to go to Hawaii for three days. Have you ever been to any of those? No, No. I haven't. I can't. I'm just too honest. Yeah, Yeah. me too. I feel like I'd be like, well, I mean, here's my phone number. Here's my address. (laughs) I know. You know. (laughs) Don't even give them a bunk number. I can't. I can't stop myself. It's really hard. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so back to this episode, uh, mm-hmm. you know, after that discussion, Homer decides to go to the free retreat and um, we get a little bit of, I don't believe that this is technically what uh, a lot of fans call jerk ass Homer, even though he almost runs over people and says, get out of the way, jerk ass, <laughs> uh, when he goes to what uh, looks like a very serene, um, you know, farm like retreat area. And, um, you know, he kind of skips out on all the activities and we see him by the lake He's fishing and saying, na 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 fishing, which is, of course, a setup for our famous song later. 
And um, this is when it kind of kind of going back to Scientology, it feels a little bit like the master. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, to refresh people that haven't seen that great cinematic work in a while. Um, you know, uh, I was almost going to say Paul F. Tompkins. Ooh, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. Whoo. Same. Same, same, same um, is basically the L. Ron Hubbard in that P.T. Anderson movie and Joaquin Phoenix is basically Homer in this. Um, and he is like this enigma to the movementarians in the Simpsons episode where, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's somebody that can't be easily manipulated and, and used, you know, with all of the other tricks that they, you know, so easily uh, employ on other people. And around this time, um, you know, we get a chance to see uh, what is essentially like their onboarding video. Mm-hmm. And we have that clip. When you surrender yourself to the movementarians, you are guaranteed a perfect life of serenity, love and loving serenity. Not a guarantee. Loving serenity. It's about damn time. I love the leader. The leader is perfect. Wait, I'm confused about the movie. So the cops knew that internal affairs was setting them up? What are you talking about? There's nothing like that in there. Well, you see, when I get bored, I make up my own movie. I have a very short attention span. But our point is very simple. You see, when... Oh, look, a bird! (laughs) Classic Homer. So good. (laughs) Um, And you know what? Let's reflect on that classic Homer moment by taking another quick break. Hey, gang, uh, this is Jesse, and I am joined by Bikram, the managing director of Maximum Fun. Hi, everyone. So we have some really amazing news to close out 2018. After this spring's pledge drive, we gave members the chance to buy enamel pins with the full profits of those sales going to the National Immigration Law Center. This is a tough time to be an immigrant in the United States. As individuals, as a company, and as a community, we wanted to help provide resources for immigrants in the face of these attacks. We're proud to live in a nation of immigrants, and many of us here at Max Fun are immigrants or the children of immigrants ourselves. Together, we raised over $100,000. NILC will put that money to good use, providing legal representation to immigrants and their families who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford it. We are so proud of our community for making such an immense difference in so many lives. And whether you bought pins or not, you can help the NILC advocate for immigrants right now. All you have to do is go to MaximumFun.org slash N-I-L-C. That's MaximumFun.org slash N-I-L-C. Our thanks go to all of you who made this possible. Great work, everybody. And happy holidays from all of us at MaxFun. What a great break. Yeah. What'd you do on your break? Uh, I joined another cult. I'm just racking them up. Oh, so that, wait, maybe when one cult tries to save you from the other cult? Yeah. It so is it's like it's a circle of lying cults. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Like, <laughs> the one cult tries to do a See, big heist outbreak. I'm going to beat the system <laughs> by joining the system. I think you just made a Showtime show. <laughs> <laughs> Move over, uh, Smilf. We got a new... Uh, Is that a show? Smilf? Oh, yeah. But right now, we are talking about the Movementarians. So, um, you know, Homer is, 
yet to be caught up in, you know, the magic of the movementarians, but we're seeing a lot of other people um, in Springfield uh, get, you know, swept up in it. And they're using all of these like very classic fun, (laughs) fun is a flexible term in this, um, cult tropes where they are, um, you know, using a circle of judgment to -hmm. try and destroy um, everyone's self-esteem. They put Homer in the middle and everybody surrounds him and they just shout insults at him. Um, And and he's impenetrable. He's impenetrable. (laughs) He's just agreeing with all of them, like that he's fat and rude and ugly. Um, You know, uh, I believe Principal Skinner yells, you failed at everything you've ever tried. And, you know, Homer takes a beat and goes, yeah, you know what? I that is actually quite. And then um, (laughs) maybe it is Mo. I I, I couldn't. Yes, it is Mo who says, and your stink brings tears to my eyes. And that's when Homer goes, now, wait a minute. And then he stiffs himself. Okay, you're right. Uh, classic, classic, classic jokes. Um, and they're also giving uh, the other people in Springfield low protein gruel. Um, oh, that's so good because which, it's like that's part of the cult thing too. Oh, it's like yeah. Yeah, everyone's malnourished. They'll be sad Absolutely. and their brain's not working and they can't. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, we don't have to go too dark, but in a lot of cases, they just straight up starve them yeah. um, so that they don't really have that sort of like. They don't have the energy to, you know, question what's happening to them. They just want to collapse at the end of the day. But, of course, Homer is eating months and months worth because <laughs> he's fat pig. And, um, and they don't get him until, you know, they start chanting. They say everybody loves a droning, repetitive chant. And everybody starts chanting. And they don't get him until they remember the scene from the lake earlier. And they start singing, na-na-na-na-na-na-na leader. I just feel like that... Maybe that's part of the reason why this, uh, and and many of the reasons, is a great episode, but I think that that is a standout moment in this episode that people remember when you kind of, if you started singing na 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 leader in like, uh, I don't know, a line at Comic-Con for Hall H. <laughs> Those low-hanging fruit. I feel like other people would join in. It's sort of like yeah. in Pee-wee Herman or Pee-wee's uh, Big Adventure when you go, the stars at night shine big and bright. Everyone's going to clap yeah. and sing Deep in the Heart of yeah, Texas. you have to. You're going to do that. You're going to follow it's it up compulsion. with spider pig they're practically the same songs um and then you've got you know a whole other marvel dc whatever movie on your hands um but after they just sing that homer's on board and he rushes back and um you know tells marge that they all have to join and um you know he i i love I mean, it makes complete sense that Marge would be the person who is the most suspicious of this because it is so obviously a cult. Um, but it is so obvious in like the breakdown of the story that Homer would be the one that would like, mm-hmm. you know, be so swept up by it. Though it is funny, like how long it takes until that moment happens. Um, but he basically announces to them that he gave them all of their life savings, the deed to the house, and the guarantee that will give them 12,000 years of labor. <laughs> um, and then there's a really fun moment. Uh, they accuse him of being brainwashed and homer goes i've not been brainwashed kill the girl kill the girl (laughs) just all these you know super super fun things and then bart i feel is like uh the voice of of our discussion earlier and i really love this line and then we can kind of like you know free talk it but uh bart says church cult called church so we get bored somewhere else every sunday does this really change our lives yeah and that goes back to what we were talking about too like what is what is really the difference and it's like right right i don't know i grew up 
Catholic uh-huh. and you do a lot of chanting and there's weird shit. Right, you right. Know? And you do feel, I mean, there are elements to, if you saw on paper, um, you know, the principles of Catholicism and like nun convents and sort of surrendering your personhood in that way yeah. to marrying Christ or marrying God, I guess. Yeah. Not Christ. Or like when... Um, well, there was one church I went to with my grandpa when I was a kid that he really liked. And it was, I don't know what the difference is between like, we went to, we had like regular Catholic church on Saturday that my grandma would go to. And it was like a big congregation. You do the standing and the kneeling and the whole, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then my grandpa went to this other church. Uh, it was called the monast. It was like a monastery. Mm-hmm. They called it the monastery, but it was a monastery, but it was like weird. And it was in the woods and there was like all these statues built into the hills and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the entire hour long sermon was delivered like this. Oh, no. <laughs> so for an hour, you're listening to this. Oh, no. And then like by the end, you're like, oh, shit, what? Like it just like I remember coming like the feeling when those were done versus the feeling of the regular Catholic church was yeah. so different. It was like you feel mesmerized and high when you leave. Like what? With the droning? Was that? Yeah. yeah. It must be something. I don't know science because I'm a scuba bop artist, but <laughs> there must be. <laughs> this is how I talk to my tax guy, too. No, I don't know numbers because I'm a scuba bop artist, but how, how bad is it? Um <laughs> <laughs> he goes, ma'am, uh, this is an Arby's. Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sure there is some science to back that up. Um, and I'm going to use a really gross example. Um, do you know about the brown note? The brown note? Oh, God, I can't believe I'm oh, saying no. this on my fucking podcast oh, that my mother and my mother-in-law listen to. But there is... <laughs> I don't know if it has been confirmed science, but um, when you listen to... The brown note, and I don't know exactly what note it is, but it's like playing at a certain decibel that does it has uh, an effect on you, uh, like an internal effect that makes you shit your pants. Um, but let's get back. Let's quickly <laughs> change. Um, so, yes, uh, Homer is completely surrendered to the movementarians. And I love this. Um, I'll call it a B plot. Um, yeah, we get a couple glimpses into it, but I love sort of the question of what is Mr. Burns doing in all mm-hmm. of this? And we have that clip. Smithies, why haven't I heard of this, the leader? He's as rich and wicked as I, but he seems to enjoy tax-exempt status. Actually, sir, with our creative bookkeeping and corporate loopholes, we only pay $3 a year. <gasps> You're right. We're getting screwed. There must be something I can do about this. Wait. Yes. I think I know just the thing. <laughs> uh, sir? You have to tell me what your plan is or, or nothing will happen. Oh, yes, of course, the plan. You see me as a guard, right, Smithers? Absolutely, sir. You'd kneel before me? Boy, would I. Yes. Uh, then I'll form my own religion with its own symbol. We'll use this special K. I believe that's already a breakfast cereal, sir. And people worship it? In a way. All right, then. Uh, how about this? Uh, why don't you leave the symbol to me, sir? I think that was a Nike swoosh. No, it was, uh, it it was, was Mickey Mouse ears. It was a Mickey Mouse ears, of course, of course. Yeah. Which now, who? Now that Disney owns The Simpsons practically, right? 
I don't know what's going oh, on with that merger. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Really entirely sure. Every, everything is uh, exactly the way it's not supposed to be. Similar to uh, Burns in his domination and uh, trying to be, you know, the best of the best. Um, not only like with a, a grip uh, of a corporate hold on Springfield, but now he's trying to be, uh, you know, the head of a church. And that leads to a very fun visual. I encourage everybody to, again, pull over if you're listening in the car. Don't drive in Google, but pull over in Google. The image of Mr. Burns in that like big buff suit. Oh, it's so is funny. So it's mwah. It's, uh, it's Jesus really did an Italian <laughs> chef's kiss. It was that good. And then, of course, this leads to, um, you know, there's like candles burning uh, behind him and they, you know, of course, catches like, him, on, catches fire. him yeah. on fire. It melts in a way that it was like kind of the same way um, Homer's... Uh, big slick bowling jacket melted when in um and maggie makes three that episode when um homer quits his job at the nuclear power plant he goes to work at the bowling alley um and then he has to quit that job and go back to the nuclear power plant there's this one moment where ali and i talk about this all the time like the jacket is so like you know glistening and perfect and we all wanted that jacket and he's walking in and the acid rain is pouring on him and it just like disintegrates the jacket it's like the same exact animation that's used to disintegrate mr burns and then, i don't know that that kind of consistency is stuff that i look for and probably why i have a simpsons podcast um <laughs> but uh we have that uh with uh with burns and then there's one more uh really great joke in this moment where um you know we cut to the crowd who's listening and watching uh you know him getting burnt and then uh lenny says uh he's all right but he's no bowl of special K. And then he kisses it, <laughs> um, which is just a nice little button that I liked. Uh, shortly after this, we cut back to the cult where everybody is getting mass married, which is another, you know, big culty thing. And I believe the Roshanish did this, too. There's a lot of like, mm-hmm. we all share the partners again, sort of, you know, submitting yourself and becoming this big group instead of an individual. Um, but there's some really fun pairings in this scene. Um, and we get Otto and uh, Barney together. And Otto says to Barney, remember the agreement. I'm the man. <laughs> and Barney <laughs> just goes, you're the man. Uh, comic book guy and Lurlene get married. That's very fun. And we're just sort of seeing all of these different, you know, glimpses of what life in the cult is. Uh, but then shortly after this, we get, um, you know, Marge has been kind of suspicious and hellbent to kind of, you know, turn the situation around the entire episode. And I really love this moment when she finally breaks out and we see her, you know, running through the field and there's this big, like, menacing orb that follows her. Mm-hmm. And it, of course, crushes Hans Molman and, like, we see him basically suffocate inside of it so that's one of his many deaths in this show um, but she manages to get out um, in this very exciting sequence and she runs to the only place that she knows to um, and it is the the church of Springfield and we see Reverend Lovejoy is um, coating the pews with gasoline <laughs> and he says didn't think I'd down. have to do this again which I really <laughs> love that again kind of you know expanding to a, a history with this um, but she uh, desperately asks him for help and then we uh immediately cut to the person who's actually going to fix it uh which is of course um groundskeeper willie and anytime groundskeeper willie shows up i'm happy because he's you know just endless jokes he says uh i'll kidnap him for 50 deprogram him for 100 and kill him for 500 (laughs) and she's like no don't kill them okay the first two i'll kill him for free (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, classic joke setup. It's so good. It's it's very fun. Um, and uh, you know they. Uh, I forget exactly like the steps to this, uh, but. Um, you know, they're trying to break the Simpsons family out. And then the head people of the movementarians, um, you know, suspect that some something like that is afoot. So they send out the lawyers and then they we cut to a scene, which is like basically like 70s A-team style, a firehouse of lawyers. Mm-hmm. I just want to show that's that. A firehouse <laughs> of lawyers just like opens up and, you know, out comes like all of these lawyers sprinting <laughs> into their cars. And, you know, they're going to do some damage control. Uh, they go to Kent Brockman's newsroom. They burst through like the backdrop, and um, you know, basically saying like any anything that they say against the movementarians is libel and is going to be you know pursued in a court of law. And um, there's this really great moment with Kent Brockman um, where he's actually um, before the lawyers burst in, you know, he is giving his address and saying like he's talking shit about the movementarians, and then. Within the course of that, like a beat later, he goes, and now I'm just learning that we are owned by them, which is, um, you know, again, Such a great joke. It's, a, it's a great joke, but it's also a trope of, of cults. Um, I believe I don't know if this is still the case, but I, I remember a lot of our mutual friends um, a couple of years ago being like, don't go to the Arclight. It's owned by Scientology. And I guess, you know, they operate like a big corporation and yeah you know it's it's that's yeah but that's part part of of like how they get their influence or any cult is like and the Roshanish with um the first part of the documentary is you know them trying to be uh like looked or or acknowledged as their own township Mm -hmm. and having you know a position in the local politics and at first i remember watching it and being like I don't, I mean, I, I'm kind of on the cult side right now. Like, they're kind of kicking ass, yeah. but it is that, it's that cherry before the, you know, bad stuff that they lure you in with. Anyway, uh, there's this great moment with the lawyers um, from the Movementarians and Kent Brockman. Uh, he's, you know, uh, talking shit about them. They say that, you know, that's going to be X amount of money, um, you know, for, for that infraction. He goes, okay, I'll get my checkbook. He goes, eh. And the, the lawyer goes, what was that? Uh, I said, ah, you know, it's just this quick little (laughs) shitty, shitty moment. Uh, So basically, um, you know, Marge succeeds ultimately with getting the Simpsons out of there. Um, You know, she gets to Homer and um, but the last step is the kids. So uh, they all bound um, with rope, uh, you know, Lisa Barton, Maggie to these chairs. And um, both Marge and Homer are enticing them, um, you know, with hover bikes. Um, you know, if you loved the leader so much, you know, maybe you wouldn't be enticed by these summer bikes and are trying to deprogram the kids. Just the idea, when I saw this originally, just the idea of hover bikes, like that is something that imprinted in my mind, just yeah. burned it right in there along with my original home address. Like, and you're like, that's all I needed to know. Don't I have one of those? I know. And like, I love the way, of course, the hover bikes are not real. Mm-hmm. They, it succeeds with them where they're like, fuck the leader, we want the hover bikes. So they all, you know, run to him. They instantly realize that they are just regular bikes. But I, I loved even the way that they, you know, they show, they pulled the curtain back and how they did it with Flanders in the side room doing the hover noise like through his, yes. <laughs> you know, little uh, his mustache and um, you know, it's it's basically in his like little man cave and uh, the movementarians come and burst in. They try to, you know, take him back and I really love this line from Flanders in that moment. He says, now I try to be a good host, so I'm obliged to offer you a beer. 
but I'm so mad it's gonna be mostly head. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just really great. Um, so they they grab Homer, the movementarians do, and then Homer reunites uh, with them um, after all that, and we've actually got that clip. Homer, come back! That's my husband! He's our husband now. I'm glad I'm back. Because the moment that sweet, sweet beer hit my tongue, I was born again! (gasps) Hallelujah! Now I can show all of you what I've come to realize. The reason we're not allowed in the forbidden barn is because there is no intergalactic spaceship! He's taking our money just so he can... build one hell of a spaceship! Homer Simpson, because of your lack of faith, You've ruined mankind's chance for salvation. Whoops. Nice going there, Homer. Oh, my gosh. Maybe he was telling the truth about everything. Oh, mercy. He's the real deal. I love it. I love, like, how flimsy Reverend Lovejoy is with his faith. Yes. It's so great. (laughs) Um, So uh, (laughs) after this, we see that it's what we believe is actually a spaceship. And the spaceship starts to take off. But then all of the pieces of the spaceship, as it's moving, slowly, you know, deteriorate and mm-hmm. dismantle. And we see that it's, you know, just a weenie guy who's, like, trying to, you know, and, influence all these people. And it's, people. like, such a good callback, too, with the uh, the hover bikes where he's doing yes, the same yes, yes. comb with the wax paper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. noisemaker. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like the perfect ending to <laughs> yeah. all of the cult documentaries. If only all, if only Jonestown, instead of all those people. Oof. Oof. Ooh, what a death. Um, I mean, of course, there is also the PTSD from that yeah. <laughs> terrible experience. Um, whew. But uh, but this is a comedy, so it ends in the comedy way. And, um, you know, all of the, the followers for the Movementarians, all of the Springfieldians um, are now uh, disillusioned by it. They know the truth. And uh, we get a great moment from Mo saying, I guess it's back to voodoo for me. And he takes out a little doll of Barney and he takes out a little beer and he puts the beer to Barney's stomach and Barney goes, oh, I want a beer. And uh, <laughs> it's perfect. And I love it so much. Yeah. Um, so that's the joy of sex. Um, are there any lessons? I know we talked uh, about our own you know, thoughts on cults and you know, sort of where we stand with it, but any lessons to glean from this episode? Any takeaways from either our discussion or um, the episode itself? Ooh. I mean, we may have hit I it earlier know. if you want to expand. Yeah, I on, feel like... Or recap. Just, you know, keep an eye out for keep what's going out. on in your life. If you feel... If you feel like you're into something that you got to tell everyone you talk to about it, that's a cult. That's right. probably you're probably in a cult. Yeah. I'm in a cult because I talk to strangers about doing stand up. Yeah, nonstop. Um, I mean, I would say <laughs> if we're going to be yes, I would say yes. I mean, I think that there are degrees of the definition of cult. Yeah, to defend people that may now look at the mirror as they're listening to this, going, "Oh my God, am I in?" Because I am taking improv classes. Yes and no. Yeah, if you are taking improv classes, I, <laughs> definitively yes, absolutely. You're in a cult. I think. I think as long as you hold steadfastly the self awareness that say I would say a Marge in this episode. Yeah. Maybe, usually it's Lisa is the one that yeah. is like leading the charge on the moral compass. But it's, as long as you have the self awareness and the um, you know gripping your own autonomy, white knuckling it. 
tight yeah. in your hands. As long as you know what you're doing is what you're doing and you have control over yeah. it, I think it's fine. Give money to do whatever classes. you want to do. Yeah. Um, take spin classes. <laughs> um, do you know what you need to do to be a part of something that makes you feel like um, time on this planet was not a, a right. Wash. And I do think I'd, I'd say all this about cults are being involved in yeah. groups or like we were saying tribes and it but there is a component of that that's really important to yeah. just being a human and alive like you want to be a part of a group oh and you want to yeah. feel uh connected to people on all on one wavelength and, right. and that is so necessary uh but when you feel that you're scared to speak up for yourself in those yes. uh settings that's probably a red flag i think so and i think that that lesson also applies to just being an adult and having adult friends Mm -hmm. and you know the choice that you have to make of like if people don't make you feel good you don't have to hang out with them like if it's going to be a sort of toxic one-way street yeah same to if you feel like you can't speak up if you feel like you've lost who you are and you can't just relax into yourself, that you mm-hmm. have to sort of perform to a role that is not natural to you in order to fulfill that need in a group that may feel like a cult, probably get out. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Just look out for yourself. Just look out for yourself. Um, well, this has been a delight. Thank you and for I having me. Love you so much. I love you so much. <laughs> I just have to shout out yes, really yes. quick. Just a super quick thank you to Scott Harris in Indiana. Yes. Um, because he's a fan of the podcast and a fan of mine. And he kind of magically made this happen by yeah. uh, insisting you have me on. <laughs> yes. Yes. It can happen. If I mean, it, as I mentioned, uh, we uh, off pod. Um, you know, embarrassed that you weren't on sooner <laughs> because you're, you know, so great and uh, such a worthy guest. Um, but but also shout out to Scott for yeah. yeah being sometimes that little Twitter push is all you need. Yeah, thanks for being a fan. Thanks for being all a of us and a fan. Do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Right um, if you just want to come to a show, yes, buy a weird T-shirt from yes. me because that's all You've I have merch. right now. I do have really great merch. Great merch. Um. Uh, thank you. I uh, is it available online? It is available online, mm, girl. Ooh, I love that answer. My website is a one-stop shop. It is yeah. lisacurry.net. Sorry, I couldn't get lisacurry.com. Please don't lecture okay. me about it. I couldn't get it. There's studies my, yeah. and NPR as yeah. um, <laughs> podcast episodes about how dot com is probably going to be outdated. In oh, a good. Of years. So you're great. You're on top of it. So lisacurry.net. You um, can get a T-shirt. Is great, by the way. Oh, thanks. I've been on. Uh, oh, <laughs> you've you've had me on your website yeah. before. <laughs> like your podcast. Um, uh, but yes, uh, everyone in town or you tour a lot. So if, yeah. if you know, I'm all over the follow place. Follow her on Twitter. She's going to post her tour dates. Go see Lisa yeah. Curry. You're a strong you. ass stand up. Oh, thank you. Sincerely. So good. Thanks. It's, I'm just stating facts. I love facts. it. Um, and you can follow me at Julia Prescott on all the things. And you can buy our book, Allie and I's book, 100 Things Simpsons Fans oh my Should gosh, Know yes, and Do Before They Die. Um, yeah, we found it, uh, my husband Mike and I, the other day at the Barnes & Noble at the Americana. Oh, yes. Bitches. Um, always a thrill. That's the second time I've seen it on the shelf. So go buy that um, at places where books are sold including uh the place online that i'm not going to buzz market and um everything's coming up simpsons is a production of maximum fun our show is engineered and edited by jesus ambrosio and our senior producer is laura swisher smell you later maximumfun.org 
comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.